Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Monday, June 12th, 2023. My name is Henry and today we're going to be going over the series against the Chicago Cubs. This is the 21st series for the Giants this year. And it was kind of weird because they're coming from the Rockies. Or they just swept. They're going to have this three-game homestand and then they're going to go on a road trip. So it was just a little weird how they did that. However, Giants just came from sweeping the Rockies, their previous two home series. They'd lost to the Orioles and the Pirates. So the Giants are looking to try and have a strong mini homestand here to go on their road trip. And it just didn't happen. So uh, in game one, it was kind of a quiet game. Not a lot of offense going on. The Giants scored first. They were holding on. And then the seventh inning happened and it all went to shit. Giants ended up losing that one run game three to two. Uh, Game two was a little surprising um, for anybody that was listening or watching. Uh, I've got my own issues with not being able to watch it. Uh, We'll get to that later. But the Cubs pitcher Hendricks went eight innings, walked one, gave up one hit. That was it. Giants had two base runners for eight innings and this guy only did it with three strikeouts so 24 outs he had to get and only three of them were on his own the other 21 were the defense behind him so that was that was kind of rough to watch and then junis giving up four runs giants lost game two four to nothing and then in game three it's like the offense suddenly got, you know, some spark of life. They just came out. That's going off. 13 to three of the Giants won four home runs. Two of them from Estrada, two of them from Peterson. Splash hit number 101. You kind of wonder where the where this was over the other two games. Could have at least used it in one of them. And, and that's where you, you kind of get to the weird thing about how series go sometimes. It can be very weird, very lopsided. Some people just have bad days strung together, and that's how it goes. The Giants ended up winning, like I said, 13-3. to They lost the series overall one game to two. Uh, and somehow, even though they lost the series, it's kind of funny when you think about the fact that they did outscore the Cubs overall in the series, 15-10. to But, hey. That is baseball. So let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start with game one. This is a day Scafani start. Uh, Stroman was starting for the Cubs. And honestly, here's one habit I kind of want to get into when it comes to talking about sports, talking about the teams that I like, and, and just talking about all the teams in general. One thing I've noticed that can start to happen in a lot of guys and when you start talking about your teams and, you know, these are teams that you're emotionally invested in. So you kind of, t- you really get into it instead of being negative about the one team, unless they just make some seriously boneheaded mistakes, which happens. I mean, you, you start racking up errors. Yeah. It gets aggravating, but I think that sometimes the focus needs to be shifted back to sometimes you just got outplayed that day. The other team was just better that day. Doesn't necessarily mean they're better overall. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. That day, they were better than you. <clears throat> and honestly, Stroman was better than De Sclafani. 
He got the ground balls that he needed. It his defense was working well behind him. Um, but Desclafani did well too, and that's the other thing that we shouldn't lose sight of. Desclafani took a scoreless game to the seventh inning, but Gabe Kapler waited till he got two runners on to pull him. Um, Desclafani's final line was six innings pitched, three hits, two runs, uh, four walks, and two strikeouts. Uh, and if you want to compare that for a little bit, Stroman went 6.2, gave up six hits, two runs, four walks, five strikeouts. So not too much different, honestly. Stroman gave it more hits, same amount of walks. Stroman got more strikeouts. Um, but Dave Scalfani did well. And, and honestly, if he had just stayed in the dugout, he'd, come away with a six innings no earned but it was still a good quality start from basic flying now for our lineup you had wade jr at first he went uh oh for two with two walks and a run peterson was dh'ing he had a four for four day only one rbi out of those four hits though but at least it's the one strata was a second he went one for four with an rbi and a strikeout conforto was in right he went oh for four with two strikeouts yaz was in center he went one for four with a strikeout Sable was in left. He went 0 for 3 with a walk and a strikeout. Bailey was catching. He went 0 for 2 with a walk and a strikeout. And then Davis would come in to pinch hits in the ninth. He went 0 for 1. Uh, Schmidt was playing third. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Flores would come in to pinch hit also in the ninth. Uh, he went 0 for 1 with a strikeout. And then Crawford was playing short. He went 1 for 4 with a run and a strikeout. So for people keeping count, that's seven hits and 32 at-bats. Only two runs, nine strikeouts, four walks. Uh, as for the rest of the pitchers, the first one to come out to try and get through the seventh with two runners on was Ryan Walker. Um, so Dave Scalfani pitched to two batters to start the seventh. Suzuki singled and then half walked. So now you got two runners on. No outs. So Ryan Walker comes out. Uh, his, the first batter he faces Swanson, he flies out the center, uh, but the other two runners advance. Then he hits a batter with a pitch. All right, one out, bases loaded. Gets a two RBI single. Sucks. But now it's a one-run game. Then he walks the next batter. So now you still have two on. Or now bases loaded again, one out, another RBI single, and then a strikeout to get the second out finally. And now it's a 3-1 ball game. So Cap decides, all right, well, let's get Tristan Beck up here. Beck comes out, gets a ground out to second in the seventh inning. Beck would go on to finish the game as well. In the bottom of the or in the uh, top of the eighth, Beck comes on, gives up a single, but then gets a strikeout, a pop out and a strikeout. And in the ninth, he has a uh Gives up a single, gets a fly out, and then gets a double play to essentially make it a one, two, three inning just in the non traditional way. Um, and that kept it a three, two ball game at that point. And then the, the offense just couldn't do anything to try and at least tie the game to force extras. And they went down in order fly out, strike out, strike out. So uh, ultimately, the offense would leave seven on base. They'd go two for six with runners in scoring position. Peterson Estrada got two out RBIs. 
Uh, Crawford and Estrada hit doubles. Estrada and Bailey ground into double plays. Uh, and the defense turned two double plays. Uh, Walker was charged with a wild pitch. Uh, Walker also hit a batter with a pitch. So, rough. One uh, one run game. You got to try and win those as much as you can. Uh, if you can't win the close games, it's going to be a rough season. But we move on to the pitcher report. So, we're going to look at Desclafani here. He threw 93 pitches uh, in his six-plus innings. That was 38 sliders, 21 sinkers, 18 four-seamers, 10 change-ups, and six knuckle curves. Now, the change-ups averaged 86.2. Most of them stayed in the mid to low 80s, or the mid-80s. The lowest one is 84.6, but he had a 90.5 change-up out of nowhere. Um, his four-seamers averaged 92.7. His knuckle curves averaged 81, and his sinkers 92.7, and the sliders 87 on the nose. Uh, four seamers, sinkers, change-ups, uh, lateral movement in. The slider, not a lot of lateral movement, just some drop. And then a knuckle curve, a little bit of lateral movement out, and a lot of drop. Uh Strike zone distribution, not too many that are like way low out of the zone. There's a few that are low in the zone, low out of the, out of the zone, but not like in the dirt, it looks like. Uh, most of them kind of spray up and out and up and in, and some above the strike zone, obviously. He threw 43 pitches in the strike zone and 50 pitches out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at 44 of them and take 49. Um as far as this kind of distribution, uh, they only swung it like four of his four seamers, took the rest of them. Um, about a 50-50 split there on those knuckle, knuckle curves. They swung at more of the sinkers than they took. Uh, took more of the change-ups than they swung at and mm, swung at more of the sliders than they took. He threw 35 balls and 23 strikes, 14 called strikes, 9 swinging strikes. Uh, batters made contact on 35 of his pitches, 19 foul tips, 13 hits for outs, three base hits. Those base hits, those were all sliders. Uh, seven hard hits, uh, and that's two ground balls, four line drives, and one fly ball for all of his hard hits. Uh, and then... Calling the balls and strikes, Pat Hoberg, he's got a 95% accuracy, 97%, 96%, excuse me, consistency. Overall favor of plus 0.18 runs for Chicago Cubs. Impactful missed calls, top of the first, Ace Clefani to Madrigal. No outs, base is empty, 2-0 count, strike is called a ball. Bottom of the second, Stroman to Sable. No outs, runner on first, 1-1 count, ball called a strike. And then bottom of the ninth, Alzale to Flores, one out, base is empty, one two count, strike called a ball. His called ball accuracy, excuse me, called ball accuracy is 98%. Two of 100 called balls are true strikes. Called strike accuracy, 87%. And this is where small numbers lead to uh, an kind of dis small sample size leads to a misleading number. 
five of 38 called strikes for true balls. So I only called 38 strikes. Um, so that I'm sure if he'd called more, that probably would not be an 87%. It might be a little higher, maybe in the nineties. So that is game one. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to the next game, which let me go ahead and tell you, I was already a little upset about this game to begin with, and it hadn't even started before my upset and my uh, aggravations came about. So this game wasn't being broadcast on NBC Sports Bay Area, which is where I normally watch all my Giants games. Uh, and this was a Saturday. I had nothing to do today, that day. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get to watch the game. But it was being broadcast on Fox. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I typically can still watch it on Fox. However, Fox was also at the same time broadcasting the Yankees and Red Sox game. Now, I live in Hawaii, so I was thinking West Coast, the Pacific, surely they're going to show a West Coast game, not an East Coast game. I was wrong. I got the Yankees and the Red Sox. And let me tell you something. And I've heard this opinion before, and it's it's not as unpopular as it probably would have been about 10 years ago. The Yankees and the Red Sox is not that great of a rivalry anymore. It just isn't. It, it It's really not. Both teams kind of like the fans trash on the teams themselves. Like the fans don't need any help from anybody else. And albeit they're in the AL East, the AL East is a very strong division, but it's not the rivalry that it once was. There's a lot of history in that rivalry, but not so much that you need to show it to every single TV set in the country on a Saturday afternoon when there are other baseball games being played at the same time. And I get it. There's not a lot of marketability for a random Cubs and Giants game, but come on. It's not like I'm asking to watch the Giants and Cubs when I'm living in New England. I'm living in Hawaii. Oh, well. Anyway, but my aggravations would continue in this game. Uh, I ended up just listening to it on the stereo. Uh, I'd even gone through the trouble of writing down everything I needed to for the scorebook, but then I decided not to score it because I couldn't watch it. Uh, John Brebbia opened the game. He went two innings and only one uh, strikeout, but no runs and no hits. Uh, looking at the play-by-play, he had a one, two, three first on a line-out, ground-out, and a line-out, and then one, two, three second, a line-out, a strikeout, and then a ground-out. So, Rebbe, a good open to the game. Like, all right, let's go. Score this game. Uh, and then Junis came on for two and two thirds innings. And then those two and two thirds innings get, uh, give up five hits, five walks, two home runs, four earned runs, or excuse me. I read that wrong. 2.2 innings, five hits, five strikeouts, one walk. That's, that's less lopsided. Five strikeouts, one walk, two home runs though still, and four earned runs. And it didn't help that on the other side of that, Hendricks, was essentially no hitting the Giants with only three strikeouts. Let's see. I don't, I don't think the Giants even got their first hit until the eighth inning. Let's look at this. First, one, two, three. Second, walk. Third, one, two, three. Fourth, one, two, three. Fifth, one, two, three. Sixth, one, two, three. Seventh, one, two, three. Eighth, 
One, two, double, three. Wow. And, and like I said, the, the kid only got three strikeouts, and you go back and look at it again. Uh, ground out, ground out, fly. Uh, ground, fly, ground. Fly out, fly out, ground out. Bunt grounded, ground, fly. Line out, strike out, line out. Grounded, grounded, strike out. Strike out, grounded, ground. Like a lot of ground and grounded balls. Like for two straight games, the Giants were being made to give up just ground ball contact. Like th these pitchers were listening to contact they needed. Uh, ground out, then the double, then a, or excuse me, ground out, ground out, then a double, then a fly out. Fly out, fly out, strike out to end the game. Like, That's aggravating to listen to. It's aggravating to watch, but it is what it is. And like I said, as much as you want to try and look at like, well, why did the Giants not get a hit? You got to tip your cap to this pitcher that just had a career game. Like, and and looking at Hendricks, I don't really know much about him. I'm not a a, a Cubs fan, but I'd never even heard of Kyle Hendricks until this game, and. You look at his last few games, uh, he went eight innings, no earned on us, only one hit and one walk. Uh, against the uh, Padres, six innings, four earned. Five innings, one earned against the Rays, 4.1, three earned, but five total runs against the Mets. So not a, a great track record either. He just comes in and decides that he wants to really play baseball against the Giants. Hey, Tip of the cap, man. You did great. Unfortunately, the Giants lost. We did poorly. Uh, let's look at the lineup. It's going to be quick. Wade Jr. at first, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Estrada at second, 0 for 4, two strikeouts. Peterson DHing, 0 for 3. Uh, Davis at third, 0 for 3. Conforto in right, 0 for 2 with a walk. Yastrzemski in center, 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Hanniger, 1 for 3. Sable catching, 0 for 3. Crawford at short, 0 for 3. One hit, 28 at-bats. That is too close to 27. Hey, yeesh. 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position, left two on base, one double. So, and let's take a quick look at Junis's performance here. So like I said, Brebia came out, had two great scoreless innings, and then you got Junis. First batter he faces, and on a 1-1 count, slider just right there in the middle, hung a, a slider, middle-middle, home run. All right. Then he hits the next batter with a pitch. Then he gets a strikeout, a grounded to a fielder's choice, and a strikeout. All right. Two strikeouts, but he also gave up a home run and hit a batter with a pitch. Not a great third, but it was still just a 1-0 game. Uh, top of the fourth. First batter, again, gives up a homer. This one was on a 2-1 count, but again, he hung a slider middle-middle, 82 miles an hour, right down the middle of the plate, home run. And he gives up a single, a fly-out, strikeout, lineup. All right, so now it's 2 nothing. Still within grasp, right? But then the top of the fifth happens. 
strikeout, walk, double. So now two on, strikeout, two on, two out. He's just got to get the third out. First pitch, a sinker low in the zone. It's hit for a two RBI single. Kapler decides that's enough at four earned runs with one out, or excuse me, two outs and one on. Brings out Manaya. Manaya gets a fielder's choice. Manaya ends up pitching the uh, majority of the game, which is why we're going to look at his pitcher report. He went 4.1 innings, five strikeouts, no earned runs. Uh, in the sixth, he had a one, two, three with a ground out, lined out, and a pop out. In the seventh, he had a one, two, three with a strikeout, pop out, and a strikeout. In the eighth, he uh, faced four batters, fly out, ground out, hit by pitch, strikeout. And then in the ninth, he had a one, two, three, pop out, strikeout, strikeout. Honestly, very good showing from Anaya. I mean, he, he's been getting better. He's been showing the right progression that we all have been hoping he would give. And to kind of put that into perspective, in his last, let's see, his last five starts, he's only given up four earned runs. And those all came in Colorado in a win, right? Like he didn't get the decision there, but the, the Giants came away with a win in that game. Uh, and honestly, coming away from Coors Field with less than five runs sometimes is, is pretty, pretty fucking awesome. Like he did well in that game. Got five strikeouts, one walk, uh, four earned runs, five hits. Over 4.2 innings, it's not bad. But no earned in this one. Uh, and then there are three more no earns before you get to another earned run game, and that was the Phillies. He only went 1.2 innings, gave up one run. So he's progressing in the right direction. He's getting better. He's getting more strikeouts. Uh, and that's what you're wanting to see. So let's look at his pitcher report. He threw 71 pitches, uh, 29 four-seamers, 22 sliders, 17 change-ups, and three sinkers. The change-ups were 87 on the nose. The four-seamers, 94.1. The sinkers, 92.4. And the sliders, 79.4. As for the movement, sliders were coming in. Change-ups, four-seamers, and sinkers were going out. Sliders had the most drop. Uh, spray across the strike zone. He didn't have anything that was really low. The lowest ball is outside of the strike zone on the inside. Excuse me, it's inside or outside of the zone into a righty. But looking at where it is as far as its height, it would probably still be maybe an inch from the strike zone. So pretty stayed pretty high. Not a lot of low balls. Down and into a righty to up and away from a righty. He threw 43 pitches in the strike zone and only 28 out of the zone. Batters would swing at 43 of his pitches and take 28. Um, they took more changeups than they swung at, or excuse me, they swung at more changeups than they took. About a 50 50 split on the sliders, swung at more four seamers than they took, and Took more sinkers than they swung at. Uh, 19 balls, 18 strikes, nine called strikes, nine swinging strikes. The swinging strikes were mainly on his four seamers. He also got a swinging strike on a slider and two changeups. 
Batters made contact on 34 of his pitches, 26 foul tips, and eight hits for outs. Uh, and those are 50-50 changeups and sliders. He only got three hard hits, one ground ball, one line drive, one fly ball. The ground ball and line drive are both changeups, and the fly ball was a slider. And uh, calling the balls and strikes was Jacob Metz. 93% overall accuracy, 94% overall consistency with an overall favor of plus 1.14 runs for the Cubs. Wow. Uh, impactful missed calls, top of the seventh, Manaya Amaya. No outs, bases empty, 2-2 count, strike is called a ball. Bottom of the seventh, Hendricks to Estrada. No outs, bases empty, 2-2 count, ball called a strike. And top of the fifth, Junis to Madrigal, one out, base is empty, one, two count, strike is called a ball. Okay, so all three of those are against the Giants. His called ball accuracy was 96%, three of 79 called balls were true strikes. His called strike accuracy, 88%, six of 48 called strikes were true balls. Now, even though the Giants did had disappointing performances in games one and two, they were able to salvage the series and not get swept at home. Um, game three, it was a little... <laughs> it's like, like I said, it's almost like the offense was like, oh yeah, we can swing the bat and play ball. Uh, great offensive game for the Giants, um, but it was definitely a bullpen game. Uh, you had Brebby come out for an inning, then Beck came out for two innings. He got the win. Walker was out there for three, so we're going to look at his pitcher report. Um, Walker's final line, three innings, two hits, one run, two strikeouts. Uh, Walker's been doing well also. We're going to look at some of his previous games since he's been up in the big leagues. And then Jackson came out for an inning. Taylor Rogers came out for an inning. Crawford got to pitch the last inning. That was cool to see. He's been wanting to do that for a long time. Um, so, Brebbia, that first inning, one walk, one strikeout, one hit. Uh, and then let's take a look at the play-by-play -play for, for those. So, yeah, Brebbia's first inning, uh, a double, a strikeout, a walk, a flyout, a flyout. So, managed to get out of there. Uh, and then Beck came out for two innings. Um, infield single, then a flyout, a walk. So, now two on. Uh, fielder's choice to shortstop, but now you got a uh, runner on second, a runner on third. Uh, and then a fielding error allows the next batter to reach and as a run comes across and then a strikeout. So Beck's first inning, not that great. Only one run did get across though. So that was, uh, that was nice. And at that point, it's only a two, one game because in the bottom of the first Peterson hit a two run home run after Estrada got hit by a pitch to lead off the game. Uh, and then Tristan Beck's third, uh, the second inning he pitched, which would be the third inning, 
Uh, infield single, fly out, single. So now runners on the corners, one out. Uh, and then a fielder's choice, but then a score came across. Fielder's choice and strikeout. Uh, so now it's a 2-2 game. Now, after those two innings, Ryan Walker would come out for the next three innings. Uh, so Walker starts in the fourth, gets a ground out, ground out, gives up a single, then a foul out. As a one, two, three, fifth, strikeout, ground out, strikeout. In the sixth, he gives up a run. Uh, there was an error uh, on Walker on the first batter. Uh, then a fielder's choice, a single, a fielding error, then a fielder's choice, but a score comes across and then a fly out. So a messy, messy sixth there. Um, and then we'll talk about Jackson, Rogers, and Crawford after we go over the lineup. So here's the lineup. A bit more activity this time. Estrada was the second. He went two for four with four RBIs, two home runs, one strikeout, three runs himself. Peterson was DHing. He went four for four. So that's two different four for four games for him. Uh, four runs, four RBIs, two home runs, one walk. Davis at third. He went one for three with two walks, a strikeout, and a run. Conforto was in right. He went one for five with two RBIs, a strikeout, and a run. Flores was at first. He went one for four with an RBI and a run. Yaz was in center field. He went one for four with an uh, with a walk. Hanniger was in left. He went one for four with a walk and a run. Sable was catching. He went two for five with two RBIs and two strikeouts. And Schmidt was playing shortstop. He went two for four with one strikeout, two runs himself. That's 15 hits and 37 at-bats, 13 runs, Four home runs, five walks, six strikeouts. That's a great offensive day. Uh, and then, like I said, for the next few innings for pitching, Jackson came out in the seventh. He got a ground out, a pop out, and then a ground out. Uh, Taylor Rogers came out for the eighth, had a one, two, three inning on two strikeouts and a ground out. And then, just a great sight to see, Brandon Crawford on the mound for the ninth. Walked the first batter in four pitches. Uh, then a single given up. So now you got two on. Then he gets a ground, uh, fielder's choice to third. Uh, so now you got, or excuse me, fielder's choice, but you've got runners at second and third. Then he got a fly out and a foul out. Brandon Crawford's ERA is a zero, everybody. Look at that. Going back to the offense, they left seven on base, went five for 13 with runners in scoring position. Flores stole a base. Sable got a two-out RBI. Davis and Schmidt hit doubles. Dave, uh, Schmidt hit two. Uh, Peterson hit two home runs, and Estrada hit two home runs. Um, however, we did pick up uh, four errors. Hanniger got one on fielding. Schmidt got two. One fielding, one throwing. And Walker got one for a catch. Uh, and when I was listening to the game, uh, I believe it was John Miller even said that he didn't think Schmidt deserved two because it was the same play, but he booted it and then missed the throw to get the out. So, Giants come away, 
managed to avoid the sweep 13 to three on their bullpen day. Let's take a look at uh, Ryan Walker. Cause he did pitch three innings. He had the most innings uh, up there. Uh, not the most pitches, however. Uh, he only threw 51 pitches to Tristan Beck's 62. Um, so Ryan Walker, 51 pitches, 33 sinkers, 18 sliders. 95.1 on the sinker, 83.5 on the slider for the average. Uh, sinker comes in, slider goes out. Across uh, the strike zone, he's, he stayed pretty low. He doesn't go above the strike zone at all. Uh, looks like he stays right around the letters and the elbows and then comes down and then goes, starts going out and away from a righty. Uh, he threw 27 pitches in the strike zone, 24 out of the zone. Batters swung at 24 of his pitches and took 27. Uh, they took more sinkers than they, uh, than sliders. They also swung at more sinkers than sliders, which whatever. 16 balls, 13 strikes, 11 called, two swinging, but those swinging strikes were on sliders. Batters made contact on 22 of his pitches, 11 foul tips, six hits for outs, five base hits. Three sliders, two sinkers for the base hits. No hard hit balls. He did not get any hard contact. That's what you like to see, as long as it can still get to the infielders. Uh, Nestor Seha was... Uh, calling the balls and strikes, 94% overall accuracy, 95% overall consistency, plus 0.13 runs for the uh, Giants for his overall favor. Impactful missed calls, bottom of the fourth, Wesneski to Yastrzemski. Now that's a couple of nice names. No outs, runner on first, 3-1 count, ball is called a strike. Wesneski to Yastrzemski, that's just fun to say. Then uh, number two, bottom of the fifth, Rucker to Hanniger, two outs, runner on first, three, two count, strike is called a ball. And then top of the six, Walker to Horner, one out, base is loaded. Oh, one count, strike is called a ball. Called ball accuracy, 95%, seven of 131 called balls were true strikes. Called strike accuracy, 91%, four of 46 called strikes were true balls. All right. So. That's games one, two, and three of that three-game set. Now, looking at the Giants' standings currently, in the West, they're 33 and 32. Uh, so even though we lost the series, we're still a game above 500, which is, is good. That's, we, we, we had that one-game cushion, so that's nice. Uh, that puts us seven back of the Arizona Diamondbacks who are in first place at 40 and 25. They're on a five-game win streak, by the way. Uh, that puts us three and a half back of the Dodgers, who are 37 and 29. Uh, they are like three and seven over their last 10. Uh, that puts us two games ahead of the Padres, who are 31 and 34. So they're clawing their way back up. And that puts us seven games ahead of the Rockies, who are 27 and 40. Um So, yeah, Padres are getting closer. The Dodgers are sinking a little bit, but eventually they're going to they're gonna do what Dodgers teams do. Um, looking at the wild card, so the Dodgers still have that uh, 
first spot. The Marlins had that second spot. But here's the thing. The Marlins and the Dodgers had the exact same record, 37 and 29. Excuse me. But here's the difference. The Dodgers are three and seven over the last 10. The Marlins are eight and two. So there, that's how that's catching up. And then the Brewers had that third spot at 34 and 32. So that puts us half a game out at 33 and 32. And the Phillies are a full game behind us at 32 and 33. So, and once again, the, uh, the Padres are a game behind the Phillies at 31 and 34. And the Reds are only half a game behind them at 31 and 35. Same record as the Mets. So looking at that spread, that, that's a lot of teams that are still right there in that mix that can have a good, strong summer that can really start getting going. Uh, I've got more faith in the Mets than the Reds in getting going, but the Reds have been really, really good these past few games, especially considering they've had the, that inrush of young talent. L.A. De La Cruz is just astounding. Uh, they're 5-5 five and five over the last 10 the Mets are two and eight. The Padres, though, are six and four, and the Phillies are seven and three. So those are two teams that are starting to get going, starting to catch it. We, the Giants, are only five and five, as are the Brewers. So that kind of shows you too that pace that's going on right now between the the Padres and the Phillies and how they're starting to catch on. Finally, those are the teams that the Giants really have to look out for as far as what's going to happen down the stretch once we start getting closer to August and September. Uh, so hopefully the Giants can have a really good, strong summer. Uh, the next two teams they've got coming up are the Cardinals and the Dodgers. And like I said, looking at them, both of those teams are three and seven over their last 10. But it's the Cardinals that we already have a winning record against. We're three and one against them right now. And the Cardinals at the t- current time are 27 and 39. Uh, so uh, the Giants will be playing them in about less than half an hour, actually. Uh, it's 120 uh, here in Hawaii at right now. Uh, and then, so a couple of things I wanted to take a look at before we finally left this off. Uh, like I said, Manaya is trending in the right direction. I am not upset at the four earned runs he gave up in Colorado, especially when that game came out in favor of the Giants anyway. Right. Let's go back and and look at that. That was a ten to four game. We we we'd won by six runs. I'm not upset at Manai giving up four earned and keeping it at four earned with no home runs in course. Uh, but looking back at his last starts, like in April, uh, five innings, three earned. Uh, 2.24 earned eight total. That was that Nationals game. That was rough. Uh, but then Phillies 1.2, one earned. Twins 3.2, no earned. Brewers 1.1, no earned. Pirates four innings, no earned, one run. Uh, looking at a strikeout total six, four, two, eight, three, three, five, and five. Um, I think the trend is good. I think that having Brebbia start before he comes out is a strategy that is winning. It is a strategy that is working for both of those pitchers. Uh, even though 
Kapler has said that he is considering pulling Manaya back into the starting rotation with what's going on with the rotation. I mean, Webb's definitely number one. Cobb's number two. Dave Scalfani's up and down. Woods is back, or Wood is back on the IL, and Stripling's on the IL. Uh, so, kind of look at our pitching situation. It's like, well, we got three. We can make bring my eye back out for four, but I digress. Uh, and then I kind of want to look at Walker. Uh, his first game was back in May, May 21st, uh, against the Marlins. And you know, he, he's a reliever, one inning, two innings, one inning, one inning, 1.2, 1, 1, 1.2, 1, 1. 1. 3. Um, this was his longest outing, and he did well. Uh, Two hits, one run, no earned, uh, two strikeouts. And, and you look at total, he's given up, given up one run in May. He's given up one run in June so far. Uh, and two total runs in June, two total runs in May. So he's given up two earned runs, four total runs. Let's see, six. 10 hits. So not bad. Not bad at all, kid. I think he'll be just fine as we move forward. So a couple more things to look at real quick that I had pulled up here. Uh, the Giants currently. So I wanted to look at some of the splits. 33 and 32. One game above 500. Okay. 18 and 17 at home, 15 and 15 on the road. And I'm kind of like, I almost want to say that the fan base wouldn't be as incensed half the time if that home win loss record was more to the win side and we were just losing more games on the road. I almost feel like people would be less incensed at that. But the fact that we only have one more win at home. And we did just lose our last three home series against the Cubs, Orioles, and the Pirates. We came out of there three and uh, <laughs> three and six. So not really where you want to be. Um, in April, they were 11 and 15. May, they had a better month, 17 and 12. June is still a winning month at five and four. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and it's the one run games though. Like they're six and eight in one run games and they're eight and 13 in blowout games. So they're not really like dominant in any one aspect of the game. This is a 500 team that is playing 500 ball that is winning not too close, but not far runaway games either. And they're five and five in the last 10, like I said. Uh, and the Cubs, when they were coming in, the Cubs now have a four and six June. And they are six and 11 in one run games. And then taking a look at the Cardinals. And they are not having a good June either. Two and seven in June. 
They're seven and fifteen in one run games and nine and six in blowouts. So they're winning their blowouts, but they are not winning the one run games. So this is an opportunity for the Giants uh, to take advantage of a struggling team currently. Possibly win some one run games, get that number bolstered. I wouldn't mind seeing two one run games and a blowout. Then we go into the Dodgers in LA, and I don't even want to think about that right now. (laughs) However, after my next episode, recapping the St. Louis series and doing some more talking about the Giants. Uh, that will be it for me for a couple of weeks. I'll be going on vacation. I start vacation this Friday, and I will be back on the island on the 30th. So I'll be gone for two weeks off the island. My wife and I are traveling around. We're going to go to San Diego, watch the Padres game there. We're going to go to San Francisco, watch two Giants games there. Then we're going to Denver. We're going to watch the Rockies game there. By the end of this trip, I will have seen all five NLS teams in person. Because Padres game, uh, they're playing the Rays. The first Giants game, they're playing the Padres. The second Giants game, they're playing the Diamondbacks. And the Rockies are playing the Dodgers when we go to see them. Uh, I will maybe do a quick catch-up episode of the two weeks worth of baseball that I didn't go over. And then we'll just hop right back in after I get back from leave. Uh, And that'll be a series that the Giants are playing during the week of uh, the 4th of July. Uh, Let's see what, excuse me, who that is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Monday, July 3rd, they start a three game set against Seattle in San Francisco. uh, And they'll be returning from a road trip that had them playing Toronto and New York Mets. Okay. So we'll start with the Seattle series and maybe I'll do a, an episode going over their series against the Dodgers, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays and the Mets. That's Jesus. One, two, three. That's five series. I didn't realize we'd be missing that many series. But I want to thank everybody that does listen or listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, any feedback you can give is well appreciated. Um, sources for all the info today, ESPN, Baseball Savant, Baseball Reference, Ump Scorecards, NBC Sports Bay Area, and The Athletic. And I hope everybody has a great week. Let's get started with this Cardinals game here in 15 minutes. And I'll see everybody probably around Thursday. And after that, it'll be two weeks where I'll be taking a break. Peace.